when you're younger with a disability people really want you to succeed and that's like from the ages of like i want to say like two three to maybe about around 13 people really really want you to succeed and they're really willing to help and support you and then it's almost like you hit puberty and like your teen years that people almost like just brush their hands of you because you're like a bit older now you've kind of got a bit of a base of who you are but that's it Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Lucy, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Super. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I mean, I've literally just said off the recording that I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. And I'm not going to spoil it because it's your it's your baby. It's your thing. <laughs> but should we just dive in with the first question? Go for it. So the first question that I ask ev- everyone that comes on this podcast is, how do you refer to your disability? That's a very good question. Um. It really depends who I'm talking to. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to just refer to myself as a healthcare user because yeah. um, that's the thing that people need to know for my yeah. access needs. Um, and sometimes I mention that I have a PA, but I only really mention that when I need an extra ticket or extra space or something. Yeah. I very rarely mention that I had cerebral because I don't really think it matters. Yeah. I'm not very interested in both of that that I am so yeah, normally just of how to do the I love that as well, because what you said about access is so important. Like the power chair is your access, that's what falls under like your access needs and, and actually outside of that nothing else matters. Yeah. Exactly. Like, as long as you know what I mean, which is get free access, mm-hmm. so you don't need to know why. Yeah, I love that as well, because I think as disabled people, and I think I feel like I can say this because I've done this for a little while now, particularly as disabled women, people think that we owe them an explanation as to yeah. either like, how we acquired our disabilities or the story behind them and and people always seem to really press for that story but actually then there almost needs to be like a layer of privacy that you keep for yourself that actually that story doesn't need to be told to you if I don't know you yeah I love that so much. Absolutely stems people. Um, And then I go up my day. So that's nice. Uh, But I love that though, because I think so many people could take that on board and really learn a lesson from it. Because I think, again, disabled people are almost expected to just roll over. And like, you know, we're these mild people. Yeah, I'm being a public education service. Yeah. 
yeah literally that be like mm. be that person who has to educate you all the time now yeah exactly like I actually love that so much like I don't actually know because I'm not a doctor but it is what it is like move on <laughs> I'm not gonna explain brain chemistry to you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Yeah, exact, exactly so, that. And I, oh, I love that so much because, like I said, so many people could take goodness from that because I think sometimes people feel like they are owed an explanation, but yeah. then sometimes people feel like they're pressurized into giving an explanation. Yeah, and like you said, like. I nothing happened to me like I don't have this like quote unquote interesting disabled story like that's not the reality for me and also if that's what you expect of all disabled people then like you need to check yourself because you don't know what trauma you're instigating in someone's mind you're not like like if someone has had some traumatic you're not owed that story yeah exactly mad they're going to just tell you on the street <laughs> it but is honestly like... people baffle me like oh, some, well, of the sto- uh, some of the stories I've heard particularly on this podcast of of people who have gone up to disabled people and like ask them weird questions or like ask them yeah. about their disability like and not even being like hi how are you is honestly um, astounding yeah I think when I was younger I used to answer now I'm just like <laughs> go away this is actually again such a seamless transition i'm gonna pat ourselves on the back for this because i'd like to talk to you about what childhood was like for you as a disabled child because everybody's experiences tends to be very different particularly surrounding childhood and disability and, and what was that experience like for you I don't like it from primary school age. Mm-hmm. I was really active. I had a great time at school. Mm-hmm. I was supported at school. My parents were very supportive. I had good friends. I was able to have the care that I needed at school, which basically meant I could do everything at age because I was small enough to be picked out run over someone's shoulder and I was <laughs> um, a lot harder at secondary school. Yeah. Well, I think like basically every disabled person I've ever met I was bullied quite badly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I went to I went to a very private school um, mm-hmm. and they just didn't want to know this school. Mm. I was doing well at school. I was doing well academically. So they just washed their hands of the fact that I was being bullied. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that was the idea. Um, and that, that really affected me for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of therapy. Yeah. Uh, therapy um, is cool. I'm going to put it out there. Love it. My favourite thing. Um, Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> now it's good again. Uh, yeah. 
So really, yeah, first bit great, second bit not, but yeah. It is so interesting because I find that when you're younger with a disability, people really want you to succeed. And that's like from the ages of like, I want to say like two, three to maybe about around 13. People Mm -hmm. really, really want you to succeed and they're really willing to help and support you. And then yeah. it's almost like you hit puberty and like your teen years that people almost like just brush their hands of you because you're like a yeah. bit older now. You've kind of got a bit of a base of who you are, but like, yeah. that's it. I also think like, kids, like little kids, don't care. Yeah. Like, I do. Did it great? Being fun. And kind of the hormones hit. And yeah. it's all about fitting in and being the same. And doing exactly what you want to do at the same time they're doing it. Obviously, that was just not possible. And so, she needed a mean. <laughs> Teenagers are mean. I fully, I fully second that. Like, I mean, I now know some great teenagers, but crucially, I'm not one of them. But, um, you know, I don't really blame. The 18, you're literally fumbling through those years. Yeah, you do. Know, you do. Know. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Every day I'm so happy I'm not 14. Like, you could not pay me enough money to go back no. and relive teenagers. You genuinely could When people say they had a great time in secondary school, I'm like, you're okay. <laughs> 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 I love that so much. Like, you're the abnormal one if you had a good time. (laughs) Yeah, literally that, right? I absolutely no anger feeling towards the kids. I do have quite a little beef with the teachers. Yeah, because that's a really difficult point of view, isn't it? Because teachers hold a place of responsibility. Yeah. And like they're seen as people that you're meant to be able to go to if there's a problem. And if they're yeah. not acting upon the problems that you present to them, yeah. that is a problem. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> here we are. We love therapy. Room. We survived. <laughs> but interestingly, what was it like for you after school? Because you, like you said earlier, you were a politics student. And I would love to talk about how you got into that and how it's progressed throughout your career. Yeah, um, I had a great time at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, starting again was fantastic. I met some great people and yeah. we had a lot of fun um, and didn't work very hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but 
I'm going to because I think for a lot of people university is almost like where they really find themselves because it's the first time like you could be away from home it's the first time that you don't necessarily have that friendship group that you've had for like the past however many years at school Hmm. you might be in a completely new place like you're really learning to stand on your own two feet without your what I would call like your close connections or your close safety net Hmm. and I love it when I hear about disabled people thriving at uni because I think for so many people school is not fun because it's not built for disabled people and they don't want to have the awkward conversations around disability because they don't know how to handle disabled kids like schools don't and that's speaking from experience speaking from other conversations with people i've had schools cannot cope with disabled students it just doesn't work because you know you're kind of seen as a health and safety hazard for everything like yeah. and that could be like your English class. You could be the health and safety hazard, and you're yeah. like I'm sat here reading a book. How am I a health and safety hazard? But it transpires throughout the whole scholastic system. And so yeah. when you go to university, it's almost like you you have your own autonomy back. You yeah. have that. I'm a person. I'm not a health and safety hazard anymore. And, yeah. and people are seeing me for my brain and and how I think and what I can write rather yeah. than how I look and what so, I am. I went to work. In particular, because it was completely accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, built in the cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a big disability service department. Everything I said, they'd heard before. Yeah. yeah? When traditionally new, mind boggling experience for 18 years old, they said, um, and it is. You know, there are issues with learning to have full-time care and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, but my disability wasn't a problem, or yeah. I get was not a problem, which meant that no one treated it as a problem. Yeah, and I love that, because disability is never the problem. It's never, ever the problem. No, but if you're stuck somewhere or you're not given the support, 
were comfortable under the people around you have an excuse to treat a woman. Exactly that, like, nail on the head. That is it summed up. <laughs> so, yeah, I could go everywhere I could do it with him. So my friends went cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was easy. It was simple. It was how it should be everywhere, but then yeah. it's not. Yeah. I would love to talk about your career because... You have written for some really freaking big papers and you have written some really cool stuff. Thank you. And you are also have also just announced that you have written a book. But I'm yes. not gonna call I'm not gonna say the title. I'm not gonna say anything about it because I want you to talk about it because it's your baby. But <laughs> how did you get into like activism journalism and political journalism? Because you've written quite a bit about disability. And it's yeah. always a really interesting read. And I'm wondering, how did that happen for you? Yeah, a little bit of a one-year-old. Um, <laughs> one can say, um, I knew I wanted to be a journalist um, mm-hmm. because I love writing, but I had literally no ability to form a plot. Um, yeah. I can't do it. Um, so... I knew I wanted to be trans. I did not work it into my level of union. Got a lot of kind of conflicting advice, which was either write about disability because it's what you know, you'll get published, or don't write about disability because you'll be pigeonholed. Yeah. So I, I think I had this strange internal. It was a Um, luckily, I still have contact for my 
you did audience people and talking to new people and new people other places. Yeah. So I was very lucky that I already had contact. Yeah. Um and I always wanted to say that disability because disabled people everywhere. Um, yeah. So I write about disability in arts and politics and culture in health care and wherever you name it, disabled people there I write about. It. Yeah. Um uh, what I do these days and it's quite I love it. I get to spend my days talking to disabled people who are doing cool stuff. Well, that's the dream. Oh, yeah. so the title of the book is coming out in September. So exciting. Um, it's called The View From Down Here. Mm-hmm. Because I thought of it and it made me chuckle. So that's really... <laughs> um, and it's a memoir, but it's really specifically looking at how everything has intertwined with sexism throughout my life and the weird, wonderful, bad, wacky stuff that Yeah. I love what you said about how there's always something to say about disability because disabled people are everywhere. And I think people forget that. Honestly, all the time. I mean, I spend my life going, no one in fact people are disabled, right? And people go, now, uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> one in five. I'm not making this up. Uh, yeah. They are all like me in a wheelchair, but mm. I'm really not there. Yeah. And um, that's the thing, isn't it? We've got such a, as a society, we've got such an ingrained image of what we think disability is. And yeah. the reality of it is that disability is this massive umbrella term that underneath it it's a whole freaking myriad of different things that actually this one image of like a wheelchair or a power chair or crutches or yeah you know stoma bag it's not one size fits all at all yeah yeah i I think about yeah we think of if you think of a disabled you think of a white guy in a manual wheelchair yeah. He doesn't need any help. Yes. It's so true. That's not what disability is. Like, some of it is that, sure. But like, there's so many different impairments, different intersections with other identities. And mm-hmm. disabled people are everywhere. And we're not one homogenous group yeah. in the same way that women are all the same. Or, yeah, whatever. Um... When she was, but the book, I was having more and more conversations where it was becoming obvious that the way I experienced everything mm-hmm. as a disabled woman who needs a lot of hair and mm-hmm. has speech impediments is different from a disabled man. Yeah. But also anyone who doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. Or who doesn't sound like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I realised that people who weren't aware of that um, needed to be talked about. So I wrote a book. 
I love what you said though just then because it's just it's literally like just lit off like a light in my head is what you said about how people view disabled men and disabled women so I was having this I was literally having this exact conversation with a guy friend who also happens to be disabled and I was talking to him about how you know like I generally don't open my request files on Instagram because I know that there's going to be some real bizarre requests in there all surrounding my disability and he was saying that he never gets anything Mm. ever has never once had a weird message has never once had like an illicit picture nothing gets no questions gets no nothing when he's out in public everyone is lovely to him people will open doors for him he has no he literally has no issues when it comes to like the public and when I heard that I honestly when I heard that I was like pardon (laughs) (laughs) sorry can we like swap roles for the day so I could just experience what that was like because that's not what it's like for disabled women and you're so right the one that really got me was in dating Mm -hmm. yeah I firmly believe dating out on the work of the devil. But, like, I failed disabled friends to get some shit Yeah. But, like, the scale, they never asked if they can have sex. They never asked, but I got a lot of stuff about, like, oh, so am I going to have to be a carer? Like, I don't want to be a carer. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, like, I literally employ four different people. How? So, I'm covered. But also, like, you know that, like, your theoretically non-disabled partner could get ill or something, like, like, do you wear that? Or, or, I don't know, have a baby? Or, like, everything you said because I have this conversation with my guy disabled friends quite a lot yeah. and they get absolutely sweet FA compared to like the bizarre messages that I've had like I had someone ask me to send them a video of me bending my elbow and I was like excuse me and like that didn't come from a good place like it came from like this erotic fetishized place and I was like this is this is too much for me like i I am not here to fulfill that fantasy for you. Like, that's no. not what I'm about. And it is so interesting that all of my guy friends get absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it seems to be that ableism and sexism, particularly for women, kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, you can't separate what you do it, right? Yeah. 
And this is what I, I, I'm saying in the book over and over and over again. The sexism that we face is often the dark, often the non-disabled part. So the assumption that we can't be mothers. Yeah. Uh, my non-disabled friends, everyone assumed that they wouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but, so that can make it really hard to like, talk about understand each other for and for feminism to like grasp it, which it doesn't. But the point I'm trying to make in the book is that it comes from the same thing. It comes from in that scenario. The idea of the mother as perfect endlessly capable, you know, and this aspirational thing. So for non disabled women the assumption is you should want that because yeah. the idea of womanhood. But then for disabled women, it's like, well, you are so far from the idea of womanhood that you can't have it. Yeah. But it's the same underlying problem. And if we could all recognize it, it's the same underlying <laughs> problem. We could really work for both sets of people to be free from the yeah. Um, Oh my god, my brain has literally just gone like... (laughs) Because everything you've just said is is so alarmingly accurate and nobody has been able to explain what you just explained so well. And and that idea that actually... I can literally see like the picture of like that perfect womanhood, isn't it? Like 1950s housewife making her husband dinner, having kids. That is meant to be what society pushes on people as the ideal. So automatically, if you're disabled, you won't ever get to that because some part of you is, um, for want of better word, lacking in society's eyes. Yeah. So therefore, you're never going to get it. Oh and my God, my brain. Krishna, we're not really quite as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said to people, I'm a confused. But this took me right in the book to figure it out in my head. Yeah. But I... We're not, because we're so infantilised and desexualised and all the rest of the fun stuff, we are not quite in the category of women. Mm-hmm. So suddenly we have problems with groups of friends, particularly single, as we talked about, because you're not quite one of them. Or we have problems with dating, because you're not quite a woman, why would a man go out with you? And then problems with clothes because you're not quite a woman you don't care about your clothes mm-hmm. or problems with motherhood because you're not quite a woman you can't possibly be a mother. Yeah. It's all the same problem. It's all a failure to expand the definition of what a woman is. Yeah. Oh my, like my brain has literally just gone like pow, 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 pow because everything that you're saying is so accurate and you're right it's that it's that idea that we haven't actually fully formulated our societal well I say formulated I don't mean formulated I mean that society's not changed with times and that's like we haven't updated we haven't progressed we've got nowhere because actually at the base root of it woman is meant to be this one thing when actually that doesn't fit society never has done 
historically if you look back but no it also no. never will but they it's love a... to play that idea on us but bullshit happy but but one that personally i've got learning to belong to yeah i like the woman i think of my dear i have one yeah it's society doesn't see that so how do we expand that definition for everyone who wants it? Stop being sexist and ableist about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's such an easy solution to such a shitty problem. <laughs> I mean, hello, guys. <laughs> um, I know that's the whole thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, more to that, but... Essentially, that's the argument. If we're, like, going to boil it down to, like, almost, you know, like, socialism for dummies, or I don't think I mean socialism, but, like, social norms for dummies, that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, those books, and it's, like, coding for idiots. And I'm like, oh, that would be me. Disabled women are women. Yeah, that. Exactly that. Disabled women are women, and there's no about it. That on a T-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, we would sell loads with that. I love that. <laughs> I've already got like six or seven women in my head that would be like, I'd wear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I what I like to go on to now, because I think this is actually a really good question for you, is have you got a piece of advice for a younger version of Lucy? Yes, yeah, I ask this a lot. And it's always the same thing. Um, find the community. Yeah. Like, now. <laughs> I, I basically didn't know a disabled person until I was 16. Yeah. But it's like, in the wild, it's terrified. Um, they were out there. One in five. One in five. Um, one in five people. <laughs> and yeah, there I was, the room at this um I like a lot a lot but just in you know, social media would not want it now but there weren't many groups for basically the same teenagers and there was a yeah. lot for kids with autism or whatever which is great but I didn't really you know that age didn't that they have a mm-hmm. understanding of disability I just Wanting someone like me. Yeah. Right. So I couldn't really find any groups. I was very, you know, of course I knew actually the other disabled people out there, but it kind of felt like they weren't. No, but I think that's a really important point because I think, particularly disabled children, if you are not in some form of community group, whatever, it can very much be that you are by yourself. Yeah. Um, so I met a disabled person at the kitchen. He's here like one of my best friends. Um, yeah. Went to Union Luxembourg, went to work at the BBC as a, um on a diversity scheme for disabled journalists. Suddenly yeah. I knew you know, 20 disabled journalists. Um, yeah. Um, and then kind of obviously fell into it on Twitter and Instagram and found people were now. Now I have like those disabled friends and I'm thinking, how did I not know anyone? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but that journey has been absolutely life-changing. Yeah. Like, I don't know, if I had that, even at 12, rather than 16 and then again at 21, mm-hmm. but how different would life have been? How much, like, less anxious would I be as you Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. I think kids now maybe are going to find it earlier because they are going to go on Instagram and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the kids are using. Yes. I know, uh, right? And they are going to find it and they are going to see what I never saw, which was young disabled adults being successful and happy yeah. and out in the world. Yeah, I never saw. Yeah, I'm not right. terrifying. Right. I don't think it's going to be like that for the next generation. But they also need to know them to look for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone telling them. Hands them a leaflet. By the way, you can look for pals like you online. Yeah. <laughs> like... Totally fine. No, don't be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, I love on the Instagram and I, you know, I see people having experiences that are like one. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have that 10 years ago. Yeah, right. I think that is so important, isn't it? Is that what I have come to realize probably a lot later in life than I should have is that the disabled community are one of the most supportive and understanding communities yeah. there is. Purely also, because... They understand it. Yeah. And also the funniest. I second that. I fully second that. I think <laughs> I also think I'm the funniest person I know. I mean, I'm <laughs> I like I fully second that because just that there is nothing quite like disabled humour so, if you're disabled. If you're yeah. not disabled and you're trying to crack a disabled joke, you're an asshole. Get yeah. out. You're not yeah. in the club. Leave. Yeah. Very, very adult. But um yeah, I enjoy, I also enjoy making a disability joke to another disabled person in the presence of a non-disabled person because they don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't know what to do. I laugh, and I laugh. I'm like, if I sell it, you can laugh. You can't say it, but you're allowed to laugh at my joke. Because I'm the funniest person. <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> I love that though because I think finding the disabled community for a lot of people is incredibly empowering. Yeah. And I I do think you're right about younger disabled people not feeling as you didn't say this but I'm going to say it as not feeling as alone because yeah. they can search for other people who look like them or have the same disability as them or yeah. you know like when you think about like look at how Instagram and TikTok have exploded. Like people are learning how to fry eggs because of Instagram. Like that's wild. So if you can learn to fry an egg on Instagram, you can also find people who look like you or have yeah. some disabilities and tips and tricks and whatever. And mm-hmm. that's incredible because you're right. We didn't have that ten years ago. It didn't yeah. exist. Even for me, as you know, a disability activist in my late twenties, one of the most incredible things of the past couple of years. That should be seeing disabled people who are parents on Instagram. Yeah. 
Like, I was an ass five years ago. Yeah. I literally wouldn't know because I know because I look. because this go this also boils down to representation right is that before social media we had traditional media like newspapers yeah. magazines tv films you know that was pretty much how we got any form of zeitgeist and there was no representation for disabled people and if there was on the off chance it was very much like he's a paralympian therefore he's a god and he's overcome disability yeah. or flip side it was oh no this is poor sam He's lost his leg and now he has no life. Yeah. And that was it. There's nothing yeah. in between. You couldn't just be yeah. like a successful disabled person. Yeah. Whereas and Instagram has given that to someone. Yeah. I always say it's so basic, but like it needs to be said over and over and over again. You can't be what you can't see. Yeah. And there's nothing to see. So we will have blindly making out. Yeah, it's true. Some of us did that quite successfully, but it was really bloody hard. Mm-hmm. Right? And for someone, you know, I think it's going to be hard, but it could be less hard if you can see someone else before you. Yeah, right? Like, the power of that, and like, I think it's just something I don't think people do not understand. Because they've always had people to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to my friend, you know, if we took out having kids one day or whatever, I'm like, imagine when you were 20, you'd never seen anyone who like, you have a kid. Yeah. And they like, <laughs> like, yeah, it hadn't occurred to them, but when you put that out that, they are all a bit horrified. Mm-hmm. And you think, but that was my life. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm scared about growing up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, so true. It's so true because this is like, again, representation. Where was it for disabled teens? Where was it for disabled young adults? Where are the disabled mothers? Where are the disabled fathers? We now look for them actively on Instagram and actually like social media the devil but also the best thing that was ever invented it's it's real like it's a real beast and it has its own like issues and stuff but actually in terms of representation it has done fucking wonders for disabled people absolutely and has also changed traditional media yes completely well you know i can now say to it is that look I mean, people are following people are interested. Yeah, exactly. But, and, I mean, the media is horrendous quite a lot of that, but it is changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I got a commission written to write about disabled woman body image. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got that commission. Ten years ago, nobody cared. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And like the pace of change is 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is something that I've said before and I'll say it again and it's it's a really unpopular opinion and I'm aware of that is that historically change in society does not come about quickly and no. because we're so used to instant gratification through social media through you know Amazon you can order something now and you can get it in a couple of hours because we can get things so quickly the fact that society doesn't change at the same pace is frustrating and infuriating and it is incredibly slow however there is seeds of change happening change is happening just at snail's pace we could not have had our jobs in the 90s can you imagine can you imagine if someone had been like, I'm going to do a radio show all about disability? People would be like, oh. Imagine me, girl in power chair with speech men on the telly. Yeah, it would never have happened. And we also would never have had this conversation at picking no. apart society. <laughs> no one would have given me a book deal. No. It honestly, like it, blo- it, this is like blowing my mind. I'm also loving this interview because I love pulling apart society. It's such <laughs> fun. But I love this because actually, the two of us having this conversation is really important because I, there's going to be someone out there who listens to this and realizes that everything that they've experienced in their life is not their fault, and yeah. that. Is oh, so important. God, it is not you. Also, you're not imagining it. Yeah, that one as well. That was a big revelation to me <laughs> at some point somewhere. Like, it's so easy to think, oh, maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. Maybe this isn't what they meant, or whatever, or I'm just unlucky, or no, it's everything. Yeah. That's it's always that, ableism. And literally, what I, my friends now joke, but I have a look on my face that just says ableism. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, who's it directed at? But I apparently have a face that just says, no, not into the ableism. It's so it's so true though because it is always ableism. I remember a couple of weeks ago, and no, it must be a couple of months ago now. I had some like quite like like stark is not the right word, but it, it kind of works in this story. Ableism to my face, right? And yeah. it's been a really long time since I'd had anything like that. Yeah, and it was almost like what you said. Like I was thinking to myself, I was like, was that? It was. <laughs> oh my god like that is exactly what it was and you yeah. do second guess yourself because you're like did that just happen yeah and then you realize what it is and you're like oh my goodness like you you don't even realize the implications of what you've just said yeah but then i'm that person that's like okay so i'm gonna lay this all out for you and and what you said was actually terrible and here's the reasons why and i've got this like the the you know yeah. things to back it up like i'm gonna explain to you why you've been yeah. a dick no, I'm and that girl. catches people off guard as well. Yeah, no, I'm a girl. Also, hilariously, my friends are becoming a girl. So I just yeah. sit there and nod while, you know, they destroy this random man. And I'm like, thank you. 
I'm glad you did that because I see I you. <laughs> I didn't want to. Um, um, uh, yeah, also the shock on people's face when you go, do you know how she really is? Yeah. And they're like, me? Never. You're like, oh, you all the time. <laughs> yeah, literally that. Literally um, that. Uh, I love so, that though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think possibly I'm now taking it too far. <laughs> <laughs> I went to anything else. My friends were like, oh God, here she goes again. Um, <laughs> but then they get involved too, so then they got to like, get really. See, that's the politics student in you, isn't it? Being like, I'm not going to let this go. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to walk away. <laughs> But it, I just, it is, it always, always boils down to ableism. Always. Oh, I have a friend say to me, she'd not been feeling well. And she was like, oh, I was really ashamed to um, call in sick to work. I don't know why. And I was like, ableism. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing that for 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> that. Oh, but but it's true. It's everywhere. And also, what's interesting is that it doesn't always just affect the disa- disabled people. One thing I find really interesting is, and I've written about this in the book, is the way that people are over there, and sexist, obviously, toward my care team. Interesting. In the sense of, like, they will try and challenge everything and be completely dismissed. And then, like, my dad will get involved. Mm-hmm. I need a white guy in a suit. Right? Yeah. And suddenly, like, oh, we're very sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, what has happened? Thanks really so good. much, Dad. But yeah. also, what the fuck? Yeah. No, and Dad was like, oh, poor guy. But like, um, the way that people treat carried assistants, whatever, in the country is. Outrageous and like essentially, it's the same thing, but yeah. they're associated with disabilities, so they get it too. Yeah, I'm in agreement, complete agreement with you. But also, something that I think about quite often is at what point did people start seeing care work as like not that important? Because surely that's one of the most important job roles in the world, right? Is is being able to give care and to look after one another. And like, uh-huh. that's how society moves forwards. Because if, if you're not caring for other people, then like society just doesn't progress full stop. Like regardless of who you are well, and what you do. Yeah, I don't know at what point did we decide it was unskilled? Yes, exactly that. Exactly <laughs> like... that. Let me tell you, I've had some frankly terrible carers. So mm. I'm pretty aware that it's actually quite skilled. It is. It's such a skilled job because you've got to be able to, to talk to someone. You've got to be able to, like, 
you know, be with them on a level where it's trust. Like, there's a lot of trust in being a carer. Like, a lot of trust. A lot of empathy. My girls, there's a lot of love. Knowing where I want to be, knowing where I don't, without having to be told, you know, you know, work environment or a party or whatever. I'm not going to turn around and go, I need you, Jeff. Yeah. They need to kind of know my face that says, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and knowing when to let me try and when not, when to do it for me. And all these things that actually kind of can't really be taught. Like, yeah. You have the empathy or you don't, I think. Um, I think that's so true. You're either empathetically uh, or not. And like, a shocking number of people who apply to be carried or not. Um, and you think, this I think, go, go away. Um, this is not the career choice for you, babe. No, Please move no, on. <laughs> um, I'm sure you're not a bad person. You're so bad at this. Yeah. Um, and then people say it's unskilled. I'm like, How? you have not needed the help whatever in your real life. Again, this comes back to that point, though, that you were making about guys and dating apps is that, you know, people don't realise how important being able to give care, receive care yeah. is. And that actually, at any point in time, anybody could need care immediately at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I always, you do need care. Yeah. Even the most able person in the world, do you go to go on food? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Are you going to doctor? Probably not. Do you need to talk to your friends sometimes? Yes. Like, do you sometimes need a hug? Yes. Therefore, you need care. You receive care all the time, mm-hmm. all, all day. We've just collectively decided what care is socially acceptable and what it is. Uh, yeah exactly that and i i love that so much because people need to realize and maybe they are slowly realizing questionably unsure but excuse me that was a really attractive but i need to edit that out but disability doesn't discriminate at any point in time any single person could become disabled they could acquire their disability like that and people forget that completely i'm not this idea as well, like, having care is bad. Yeah. Absolutely, that's one of mine. Because, like, if you are a disabled guy, like, mm-hmm. people think that the choice is having care or not having care. Which is not. The choice is being able to get out of bed or not being able to get out of bed. Yeah. I personally got out to be able to get out of bed. I would quite like to be able to leave my house. Mm-hmm. I would quite like to be able to eat and walk and dress and see my friends and go on dates and go to work and travel and go to the pub and go to the shop and buy what I want for dinner. And mm-hmm. none of that is possible for me without care. So having care, really great. Thanks. I have some more. Like, <laughs> but care is also liberation, and I think people completely forget that because they see yeah. it as deprivation because you aren't necessarily able to give it yourself. When actually, it's the most 
bizarre and backwards way of thinking that there yeah. is. And really to say people need to make more of it. I'm quite lucky. I have twenty four seven care. I mm. couldn't have more of it if I tried. But most disabled people don't get the care they need. No, and they have to really fight for it as well. Yeah. And that is the problem, is that proving... But I think care would be better funded if we didn't think it was bad. Yeah, exactly. That point literally hits it right on the head. If we saw it as an enabler and allowing people to work, not that being able to work is the being on the but allowing people to work or allowing people to get education or socialise or just see the outside and we'd fund it <laughs> but we'd yeah. see it as productive and useful and good continue to do all those things but we think of it as what happens in the old people's home before you die mm-hmm. well it's not it's happening to people in all ages in all situations Including the same to remember. Like yeah. maybe I'm it. Oh god, I'm left I'm 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 obsessed with this conversation. <laughs> so I was wondering and I wonder about a lot of things, but I believe that through any form of hardship, if you're able to look within yourself and notice a positive trait, then you've probably learnt something about yourself and I'm a massive believer in learning about yourself and, and progressing like it's just part of who I am. And I was wondering, for you, have you noticed a particular positive trait that you have that actually you're really proud of? Um, I think I have a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. Some of them are too much empathy. It me in But I, ever since I was a kid... I've been the kind of mother hen of the mm-hmm. group of people. I'm, I'm the one that at the end of the night out making sure everyone gets home. And that's oh, my job. I love that. I'm not um, that friend. I'm the I'm child. I'm the one who's, you know, maybe it's down out some water. Right? <laughs> um, or maybe some food before you go. Um, or, you know, Lucy, can I come over because I'm sad? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, I'm possibly able to be that person, regardless. Yeah. Um, But I think it does, you know, I have a sense that someone's listening really hard. Um, And that means that I can put myself into people's shoes quite easily. Yeah. I love that though. I love that so much because I think, A, I think empathy is an incredibly important trait in any person. But being able to realise that when people are upset or projecting or whatever is is actually nothing to do with you and actually all to do with their own situation and, and being empathetic of that, almost like it almost brings you to like another layer in life because you can see... Mm. You can see like all the problems, but you can also be like, do you know what? There are some solutions as well. Like here, are, here are a couple of really simple solutions. I think one of the most powerful things you can say to someone that people really struggle. I think people want to have answers. Um, I've ended up 
very frustrating with friends who want to have answers to mm. a care question or even in the mundane. Yeah. Thank you. What people need in those situations is for you to just to say, you know what, really shit. Yes. I'm fair and sad and bad and I'm not going to tell you it's not because it is. Yeah. But I think my son and the society uncomfortable yeah i would wholeheartedly agree we are built as humans to want answers and sometimes there just isn't any yeah oh so i'm um, i can't wait for this honestly i feel like you might have some corkers but then i, I that could be a complete lie i don't know i always think as disabled people we get asked really bizarre questions so yes. like for example when I was younger, I always used to get asked if my arm had been bitten off by a shark. Like, continuously that happened to me, like, as a narrative. Oh, and I was God. wondering, for you, do you have any, like, particular weird questions that people ask you about your disability or, like, something particular that, like, plays around in your mind and you're like, that is so bizarre. Is there so much question ever, like, something that I get continuously? And to this day, I can't get out because I'm standing. Because I go to a restaurant with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. I would say half the time I won't be given a menu. But I, they think I can't read. They think I can't read. And I don't know what the connection between my power care. And my ability to read is like I've never worked it out. <laughs> but I was uh, literally just about to say, so where's the connection between wheelchair, power chair and illiteracy? Because that's not something that is hand in hand. No, <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, so my friend, because I enjoy it, Fighting women, all my friends are fighting <laughs> women. Uh, like to hand me a menu and then I read it out to the group. <laughs> I love that so much. Cause no individuality. Um, <laughs> my friend of winning. Um, but like, oh, that happened the other day. My friend was just like, how is this happening again? And we were there, my husband, and he was like, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, I think I can't leave. And he was like, and then he went, I was like, no, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is, honestly, it's amazing. Because um, how other, like, non-disabled people view disabled people never fails to, A, entertain me, because I just think, the cerebral function just doesn't function. It's like something malfunctions, right? <laughs> and it's almost like a glitch in the system because it's like, yeah. can't compute, don't know yeah. what to do, so I'm just going to freak out. And and like, to be fair, sometimes understandable because we don't always know how to handle disability, but that's not our fault and we don't need to teach you how to handle it. Yeah. But also because I just think if you traced your steps back, just like half a step and viewed yourself 
asking the question or doing the thing, you would be like, what have I just done? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. did I just do? We have a classic one. There's less often, but enough that I notice it. There's just like assumption that I can't pay for things. Like I must have no money. We could all just open the report. <laughs> I mean, I find that it's really um, and like, obviously, like, we split the bill, and like, we could surprise my friend with like, I'll pay half, and then like, well, who else is paying? I'm like, me, I am. Oh, surprise. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because it, this is this literally has just reminded me. So, Nicole Kelly, who was a beauty pageant winner in the states was mm. on the podcast and when I asked her this question she was like I don't always necessarily get weird questions she's like but what has happened to me quite recently is people will come up to me and offer me money mm. and I was like honestly I was like take it take the money i would be like come on give me more hey, come on come hey, on hey, hey, I've had that now but I've had that I've had it also um the thing that people say that I found like absolutely shouldn't it's always like in a bar, in a club. Mm-hmm. But I think like we know it's expected to be something. Yeah. Um Oh, don't see many people like you here. Um to find people like me, go go to find it. Because they can't say the word to say them, so they wrap themselves in knots to say what I'm trying to say, which I find it very. But I'm like, why would you say that? Honestly, what a bizarre statement to me. What a bizarre statement to me. Like, I'm just just there with my mate. I'm just like, why why have you come over to tell me that? what i usually find is an interaction like that is never about you it's about them making themselves feel better because they think they're being inclusive being nice talking to the disabled person whatever but it's a complete interaction that is based on selfish ideals because you're doing it to make yourself feel better you like that does not make any disabled person feel good ever don't do it full stop (laughs) thank you I tell non-disabled people that people, you know, think I can't read or whatever. Say mm-hmm. that. People go, no, really? Much? Yes. This is the world you live in. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. are aware of the world that you live in, but I personally am very aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you should I I love that. Stop so being surprised <laughs> and start being annoyed. Oh, get it on a freaking t-shirt. Love that so much. <laughs> I'm working on it. 
<laughs> love that. <laughs> Do you know what, Lucy? I've only got one final question for you. Really? But I've loved this interview. I have to say, I've I'm like, I've, okay. I've had, I've had a freaking great time. Okay. But Lucy, yeah. are you disabled and proud? So disabled and proud. My kids have children on my forehead. I'm upset for telling people I'm proud to be disabled. Partly because I'm confused to be without them. Yeah, I enjoy. Um, but then I'm like, when they get over that and they say why, uh, I'm like, well, I have a whole community that you don't have. What's your yeah. community? What are you and people? So, hey, that being you know, more interesting, also it's pretty funnier. Yeah. Um, and see, I have a whole job based on the family to bring I have honestly so enjoyed this interview I've had freaking great time I am so excited to get my hands on your book well I say hands I only have one so it's very much hand but I'm so excited to delve into it because I think the topics that we've discussed today are so important in society. And I love how you write. So I cannot wait to get my hand on it. I'm so looking forward to it. And I just, I can't wait to read it. And and thank, thank you, you for being a guest on the podcast. I've loved it. Thank you for having me. I would be remiss not to say the book is out on the 7th of September. Uh, hopefully I will go and order it now thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for having me thanks for listening to this episode of disabled and proud if you've enjoyed the show then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts it really helps us to reach more and more people each week plus if you've got a particular highlight then i'd absolutely love to hear it tag me on your insta stories at disabled and proud podcast